Hey everyone, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, where we're going to talk about topics that will motivate and inspire and help you tap into your purpose and improve your performance in life and in business. Thank you for listening. Hey everybody, Jonathan McKinnis here with the Purpose and Performance Podcast, and I am excited to have with me today a friend of mine, a brother of mine, a brother, a Christian brother of mine, and a great leader in our community, uh, John Horsley. He is the Vice President of Adult and Addiction Services of Oaklawn here in South Bend, and he's also a uh, great uh, friend uh, in my church. We uh, attend the same church together, and he just does an, an excellent job at being a leader in our community and uh, just a leader in many aspects of, of, of his life. And I think he's a great example to me and, and, and how I can be um, just a better uh, listener, a better uh, example to uh, the many people in my life. I'm a manager at um, Hallmark Home Mortgage, and I know that being a manager, uh, it, there, you have to wear many hats. And I know being in the position that uh, John is in, he has to wear many hats as well because he, he deals with so many situations. And so I'm just thankful for you being on the show, on the, the podcast, and uh, I want to learn a lot from you today. So thanks for being with me. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you for having me. Of course. And so, um, you know, what I wanted to do uh, this season and when I uh, was doing my podcast kind of uh, brainstorming, I wanted to really focus on a one word topic uh, with each of the podcasts. And so the podcast topic for this session is going to be on the the idea of listening, really listening and what that means and what uh, us as maybe fathers, as leaders, as um, as, as Christians, um, as uh, just somebody, a citizen in society, what it truly means to be a good listener. So I asked John to come on to kind of maybe delve into that topic. But before I get into that, I just wanted to ask him uh, to sort of introduce himself a little bit, kind of let uh, maybe let me know some things that maybe I don't know about you and then just maybe introduce yourself to some of the listeners. Sure. So um, I, I have a, a background in clinical social work, so psychotherapist. Um, later on, got an MBA um, to help with uh, learning about doing business and, and leadership. Um, I've spent uh, a lot of my career um, working in uh, various mental health and addiction kind of settings, um, but also worked several years in a local church um, as um, I had several roles there um, as a, a minister. Um, and then God led me to what I'm doing now at Oakland, which has been really good. Um, when I uh, when I kind of stopped doing ministry full time and went back into the secular world um, permanently, I really struggled with that. Like, you know, mm -hmm. oh God, am I betraying my calling or yeah. am I missing this or what's really happening here? Um, and then there was a, a man that I work with, um, just an outstanding guy. He's, you know, a very spiritual man. His name's Paul Curry. And Paul looked at me one day when I was telling Paul how I was feeling, and he says, well, Josh, God's just given you a new congregation. Yeah, that's a good and, point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. And so it was that one thing that really um, solidified for me that I was um, really in the will of God where I needed to be and um, what I needed to do. Um, so 
I kind of came upon my career by accident. Um, I started out wanting to um, uh, study environmental science, mm-hmm. and then um, I switched to chemistry. Um, okay. Thought maybe medical school was the way for me, mm-hmm. and then um, my very last semester of undergrad, I said, "Never mind. I think I want to be a therapist." And yeah. uh, so <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's what <laughs> trajected me into that, and um, have not looked looked back from that. Yeah. Um, so got married very very young, and uh, have three great kids that I'm super proud of. Yes, I love um, your children, and uh, appreciate my wife. Uh, she has endured a lot with me over the years. <laughs> I, really? <laughs> um, not only just me, uh, you know, my antics, but just also, you know, one of the things I've appreciated about her um, is her her support. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I felt like there's been times where God has called me to do really crazy, radical things mm-hmm. that impacted the time I was going to spend at home, the money I brought into the house. I mean, it was super impactful to the family. And I mean, right there Mm -hmm. supporting and doing whatever she could the whole way. And I know there was a lot of times that things were tough on her um, because of the way God was leading us as a couple. But before we were married, I told her, I said, I feel a call of God on my life. And I think I know, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I'll go where God calls us. Wow. And um, she's not wavered in that at all. Yeah. And that's that's a good woman. That's absolutely yeah. right. That's a, a good sign of a good relationship, yeah. you know, when you're willing to to go as as one, you yeah. know, and, and be together and, and do a, and kind of help each other fulfill that calling. And especially when sometimes... Um, I feel this way sometimes, you know, I'm doing a lot of things in, in my career and, mm-hmm. and my wife is sometimes that unsung hero. I think a lot of mm-hmm. times and kind of behind the scenes yeah. and she's the one that's doing so much to make me be able to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I, and I see that with uh, Susan, your wife, that she's just, uh, she's a great support. I believe Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's, let's kind of get into uh, the topic a little bit. And so we're talking about listening. Um, and so with listening, you do this, you're a therapist, so you do this all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm sometimes not the best at listening. Yeah. And, and I think there's many people that's listening to this podcast that would say that maybe one of the things that they struggle with most. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a book just recently and um, the author was saying that he's realized and he's admitted this, that he is a very self-centered person. And, um, and it's a fault of his and many people where he said he was uh, in a situation where uh, he and his friend were... Um, in a, a backyard, they had to go somewhere at a house that they weren't familiar with. And um, they didn't realize there was this raging uh, dog that was in the backyard. <laughs> and um, so he didn't, re- his first instinct was to kind of push off of his friend to, to run away from the dog. <laughs> and his friend never lets him forget that he was, he kind of like pushed him toward the Fed dog. Fed him to the right? dogs. <laughs> Luckily, he said there was a fence there. But he came to the realization that, you know, a lot of us have that uh, mentality of being, we're not present, we're, we're kind of self preserved uh, Observing, we're in a way a little bit self-centered and maybe selfish, and and I think listening, uh, if we truly listen and we're truly present, I think it sort of removes some of that uh, 
my mentality would be for me, it removes the idea of just always thinking about myself, but mm-hmm. really being present mm-hmm. and listening and, and understanding the other person, I think means a lot to mm-hmm. relationships, to leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this podcast is all about is trying to develop as an individual, develop as a leader, develop in your spiritual and personal life. And so uh, I'll let this kind of go whatever way you want it to go, but mm-hmm. let's go ahead and talk about listening. And when you think of that term, what do you think of and kind of share with us maybe some best practices? Yeah. So as you were introducing the topic, um, and as we talked even before this, um, you used a word about being present. And um, man, that is the essence, I think, of listening, um, is being in this moment in time. Um, I think that we're all really aware that more than any other time in history, we've probably had more distraction and more things um, grabbing our attention Mm -hmm. than ever before. I also think that especially in Western culture, Mm -hmm. um, we're not present oriented. Uh, We're future oriented, you know, we're goal driven. We're typically trying to move to the next thing. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think that that basic um, attitude, those belief systems that go with that, then condition us to, um, in those moments where we need to be present, really not taking advantage of that time, Mm -hmm. but thinking about what's the next meeting, what's the next conversation, what's the next thing I got to do on my to-do list, what's the next thing. And I think that even impacts us just in our broader life. Um, You know, one of the things that I've really started to grasp in the last probably four or five years is this thing about contentment. Mm -hmm. And... um, I think to listen, you got to be content in that moment for whatever it is. Mm, um, and being content in that moment, um, it was it was really strange. One day, I was um, I was doing a van route actually at a church, and um, some of my favorite stuff to do was working with those folks. And um, I was out in the parking lot, or pulled the van up, and waiting and. Uh, this this gentleman that went to church with me comes out and he he comes up to the window. I roll it down. He says, "John, the Lord gave me a word for you today. Contentment." <laughs> he said, "And I don't know why." And I'm like, "Boy, I know why." <laughs> because it's always about what's the next credential, what's the next yeah. degree, what's the next position I want, what's right. the next, what the next, the next, the next, mm-hmm. and so you know, what's wrong with being? Mm, um, yeah. and, and I think it's possible to be present and to, to uh, pursue things, but, but being at peace with what we pursue involves being content. And yeah. good listening re- re- means that I'm content in that moment mm. because I'm not worried about what's coming up next or what's going to distract me. That to me is, it's, that's one of my main... I think faults is because um, one of the things that I've wanted to do is, and a word that I've always used is focus. Mm-hmm. In this last couple of years, it's just, I actually have my um, little area that has my pens. It's a little mm-hmm. pen holder mm-hmm. and it says focus on it. My wife yeah. got it for me. And uh, my <laughs> That's pro- diagnostic. Yeah. <laughs> so my problem is, is that I feel like there's almost so much that's happening um, that it's really hard to always be present. Like, mm-hmm. because you do feel like, 
you're always at the whim and wishes of the next person or mm-hmm. that person's needs. And so you're just that person that's going to help them get what they want. Mm-hmm. And because of that, and I'm a people pleaser, I always want to make sure that I'm trying to, you know, not get on, uh, you know, anyone mad at me. I want to make sure that my reputation stays good, especially in the business world sure. that I'm in. And so how do you do that? And I mean, how, how can you, because you have a lot on your plate, mm-hmm. you've got a lot you have to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in theory, it sounds like, man, we can, this is what we need to do. But how do we in practice actually do that? And how can we, how do you turn it off? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, how do you do that in that moment? Because you know that you've got a hundred other things that you've got to do. So how do you, uh, what would you do to turn it off Mm -hmm. and truly stay present? Mm -hmm. How do you do it? Yeah. So, um, as I was, as I was driving over here, um, I was thinking about, you know, obviously, what are we going to talk about? And I put a lot, some thought into it. And what kept coming to my mind was a book that I read um, several years ago now. And I don't execute these principles. So like, you know, my friends and family will be listening to this and they'll be going, (laughs) what a hypocrite that guy is, right? Um, So I'll just own that up front. (laughs) Um, But uh, hopefully I've made progress over the years. You know what, Um, real quick, some people are like, well, why why is Jonathan even doing a podcast? (laughs) Who is this guy? I get it. So hey, we we got to try. We got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. So go ahead. But um, uh, there was the book, um, I think it was called Remember the Sabbath. Okay, and um, you know, uh, and I don't know why it came back to my memory today, but um, it was it was all about you know there was this thing where every seventh day, right, nobody did nothing, right, um, and it was one focus on God and family, and it was really a day to be present. The writer of this book was talking about the fact that we've kind of lost our Sabbath, and that we need Sabbaths throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, mm-hmm. throughout the by year. We need throughout the yearly, and then we need Sabbaths at certain points in our life. Um, I guess almost like sabbaticals, like mm-hmm. we got to find ways to build that in. And so when I'm good at listening, what I find is, is that I've worked really hard to keep enough emotional and physical energy in the bank mm-hmm. so that when I need to be present with somebody, I can do that. That's good. If I don't keep emotional and physical energy in the bank, what happens is, is that I'm tired and I'm distracted. I'm annoyed and I'm distracted. I um, am wanting to go on to the next thing so I can move on with things and I'm distracted. Mm-hmm. And so finding little ways to take a Sabbath throughout the day so that my tank can be full, mm-hmm. I think is... Um, Huge part of listening for me. Man, that's good. So mm-hmm. taking the Sabbaths throughout the day. I'm just taking notes on this as well. So this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for you uh, throughout the day, what's maybe an example of one of the things that you might do that that might help you? I know there's some people, they take little 10-minute power naps or mm-hmm. they'll um, you know, take a moment where they actually take their lunch break and don't have their phone with them on their lunch break. Or I mean, yeah. is there anything that you do that you think would be good? I think it kind of changes, you know, like um, people have their list, like you were talking about things yeah. you could do and, you know, you Google it and you find out these things. Right. Um, uh, but but for me, it, it could be prayer. Um, it could be reading a book I enjoy. Mm-hmm. It could just be listening to music. Yeah. Um, 
one of the things I really enjoy doing is getting to work a little bit early before yeah. everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, you know, just turning on my music and organizing my day a little bit yeah. and m- making my cup of coffee and just doing those really things that really soothe me and get me yeah. focused right away. And then about midday, I like to kind of shut things down. So yeah. sometimes, um, you know, to me, especially in this beautiful weather, I, I don't mind driving 30 minutes or so. Yeah, right. So, you know, if I have to go to an appointment or switch locations throughout the day, kind of strategically scheduling around that midday, I'm going to take my 30-minute drive. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to respond to this phone. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to be present in the moment. I'm yeah. going to literally what I find myself doing is taking awareness of, the sun's nice today. Yes. The clouds are beautiful. Right. Man, I want to feel the wind today mm-hmm. when I drive down the road and mm-hmm. just kind of being in that mm-hmm. um, and letting my mind go wherever it needs to go at that moment. Mm. Yeah, that's um, good. And so I think, you know, just things like that for me help. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise helps me stay present. Yeah. Um, because again, I think that if we're not, um, engaging our bodies and those neurochemicals it's mm-hmm. it's difficult for our brains yeah. to be present i agree um and so you know it's also everything in moderation right mm-hmm. so uh, you can't spend all your time doing those things but if you strategically and mindfully plan those things um it helps you keep things in the tank and helps you be present at the I moment like that I like that paying attention to your surroundings. It's so often that we can drive to work or drive to a destination and you're not even, I don't know if you've ever been like me where you're like, oh, how did I get How'd there? I get there. And then yeah. I made it. <laughs> and you never paid any attention to the surroundings and sometimes right. just being present and uh, it just even in that drive is good. Let yeah. me ask you this. Um, what is, uh, when, it, we come, when it comes to listening to other people, um, there's there's a difference between just listening to what they're saying, but also maybe they're, their body language mm-hmm. as well. And so let's talk about maybe that part of it. And yeah. so when you're listening to somebody, it's not just one aspect of listening. It's not just mm-hmm. the audio or the mm-hmm. audible sound, but it's other things. And so how do you uh, kind of speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so you're really pulling the therapist out of me now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's my opinion that listening involves not only just like you said, really hearing somebody, mm-hmm. but it involves really connecting um, and so sometimes listening actually involves us doing the talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is if I can connect with you mm-hmm. um, and you feel comfortable, then I'm going to be able to listen right. to what you have to say because you're going to be able to express it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, other, the other thing is obviously you mentioned body language. Like I, I personally think about 80% of what people say Mm-hmm. is not what comes out of their mouth. It's right. it's their body language, you know? So, you know, it's that classic thing, you know, I have um, a teenage girl at home still mm-hmm. um, who's not paying attention right now, so that's good. <laughs> right, she's in the room, and folks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I may say to her, how was your day? Fine! <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I hear fine, but I see not fine. Right. The tone is not fine. Right. And so, you know, at that moment, I can choose to be present, listen, and watch her body language Mm -hmm. and really get an idea of what's going on and where she's at. Or I can choose to go, 
okay, never mind. She's going to be difficult to deal with right. today. Yeah. But I take that moment, I can choose to take that moment to really um, connect. So I think in order to really listen, you have to be really connected and mm -hmm. really understanding of people's body language. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I think is super important in listening is, is empathy. Yeah. As people are talking, it's important to imagine yourself in their shoes. You know, um, certainly as, as a therapist, I've not ever been through most of what I've heard uh, in my practice, right? Right. Um, I've not suffered some of the ways people have suffered, mm -hmm. um, but I have suffered. Right. And I can identify with that underlying suffering. Yeah. And so if we want to really hear somebody, we have to try to be empathetic mm -hmm. in a way that we can identify and imagine where they're at and what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. um, that also involves questioning and connecting and, and doing something called reflective listening. Mm -hmm. You know, so I often, um, especially in couples work, you know, we do a lot of, so what I heard you say was, you know, yeah, and so yeah. repeat it back. And so they can say, no, that's not it. Or yeah, that's it. And mm -hmm. it's so very powerful when I can say, so what I hear you say is, and then nail it. Right. Because what that causes people to do is to go deeper. Yeah. Because we're establishing trust because mm -hmm. you get me. Right. You know? And so again, this this whole listening piece is is has this curiosity to it to where um, I want to go deeper. And to do that, I have to make sure that they know I get it at this level. Man, that's um, good. And and that requires a lot of humility. Go ahead, explain. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, good. so if we want to talk about management, yeah, yeah, uh, here we are, the people that should have the answers, mm -hmm. um, should you know be definitive in our decisions, right? Um, right. Should you know, and and if I want to truly manage, mm -hmm. then I gotta truly understand where people are. That's good. Which means I have to humbly mm -hmm. make the assumption that I don't know where you're at. Yes. You know, so when things aren't going well in the workplace, um, mm -hmm. you know, most of us start to try to diagnose. But I always tell people when I'm working with them on leadership, you assigning what's wrong with that person is nothing but speculation until you can empathetically hear what they're saying. And that's when you're going to figure out what's wrong. That's really good. Because I think sometimes as managers and, and leaders, we go into situations and we just automatically think that we know what's going on and we're going to correct it and it's going to be great. And then we don't take that time to listen and that builds resentments. Yes. It's emotionally hostile. Yeah, it's good. And, and it makes things worse. Mm -hmm. Even if we have people under our leadership who say, oh, I'm fine or yeah, I get it or tell mm -hmm. us what we want to hear. Mm -hmm. We often know that we're not maximizing their performance or helping yeah. them to get the next level that's, that's um, really good. when we're not humble enough to be curious and listen. That's such a good, uh, it's such a good point because um, I think even just taking the time mm -hmm. as a leader to, to be with them and mm -hmm. have an opportunity to maybe have that open door or have a, an opportunity to sit down and not be, checking your email while they're talking mm -hmm. and actually giving them your full attention and saying, mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I hear you, uh, or let me understand that a little bit more or just getting feedback. Yeah. Uh, cause I know that when you get about, if you're like me, when you get into your day and you're, and you're kind of zoned in and you're trying to do your thing and accomplish the tasks on your list, you can get to a point where when they come in, it's like you can treat the people almost like a, um, just a hurdle to get over mm-hmm. for that day, as opposed to just realizing, you know, this is a human being here, right? You know, there and people in your company are not just a chess piece that you can just move around right or people on your team you have to be very very uh you know like you said humble and willing to listen so that's really that's really go ahead and, and elaborate you well i think i think too that you know that that comes across in our language you know yeah. when people are telling us about their experience we have to be humble enough to to know that as as accurate or as truthful or as based in reality, we think that what they're saying is or isn't, mm-hmm. be humble enough to say that's what they're experiencing. Right. And so I have to mm-hmm. hear how you're experiencing things in order for us to um, you know, make a connection and work from where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the in the therapy world, there's this um technique called motivational interviewing and it's all about listening Mm -hmm. and then being very strategic and mindful about how much you talk right right and um one of the big things that we say is is that we are going to meet them where they're at and not leave them there that's good um which means that i have to kind of go where you are and so saying things to people as you're trying to listen and be present like you shouldn't feel that way well, you know what? We don't have the right to tell people mm, how we feel. Mm, as misguided as it may wow, be, we don't man. have that right to that's, tell people you shouldn't be angry because that's, that's their experience, right? That's so good. Um, you shouldn't have that belief or you got it all wrong or you know, you need to look at it this way or your priorities are wrong. Well, you know, all of those things hinder us from being able to listen because it hinders the speaker or the communicator from really being authentic. But if we acknowledge that that's where they're at and that that's valid mm-hmm. and we start to work with, I hear why you're angry. I hear that you're angry because. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, how do we move from here? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's this really powerful thing about validating people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sometimes people think, well, I don't want to validate somebody who's angry for bad reason. Well, you know, they're angry, right? Right. Um, I, I was in a really, really hostile, strange situation Monday night where I was at a city council meeting and we were trying to sell this... Um, permanent supportive housing project to city council so we could get this property rezoned. And, you know, there's a lot of resistance. And so um, it it was a really unique place to where, you know, there's this side of the room and there's that side of the room. Right. And um, what I, what I really learned was that as I engaged people Mm -hmm. um, and, and heard them and, said, I understand that concern and that's valid. Right. And I'm wondering how we can get that need met and also move forward. Mm. That's good. You know, um, so that kind of removes this whole, you know, you're against me and I'm against you. 
Politi- um, politicians could could use some of that. Right? Think, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. kind of where, where our, uh, our government is right now. That's I think right. it's, a, it's a strain for sure, but yeah. um, I understand. So, yeah. yeah. So just you know, hearing each other and being again in that place where you can really try to understand where someone's coming from. I, I think that's incredible, and and I kind of want to um, stay on that a little bit when it comes to our maybe our, our personal relationships, even as a spouse or mm-hmm. as a, a father or as a, a wife or a mother. Um, you know, like you said, uh, kind of projecting like, well, you shouldn't feel that way or, you know, you got it all wrong or kind of, and I think many times um, we tend to react in in that type of a way, especially mm-hmm. when it's the people closest to us. Mm-hmm. It's much easier for us to maybe have a softer answer when it's an employee even mm-hmm. than when it is our own spouse. Yeah. And so why don't you talk to that? And, and I know you and I both would admit we're not perfect, obviously, but um, let's just talk about maybe a few tips uh, for husbands and wives out there when it comes to really listening. Sure. And um, maybe uh, maybe a couple of tactical things they can take away from, from sure. this. Yeah. So I, so I think when it comes to relationships, first of all, we act out with our the people we love the most because they're the safest. So I think the first thing that's important about listening is that you know, and I'm just going to come at it from a husband father because that's what I experience, right? right. <laughs> um, and so, as a husband father, when I walk into the house, right, and um, others may not be having the great day I'm having, or others are upset that you know I left the lights on, or I I don't know whatever irritation happened that day, right? Um, I think it's important for me to recognize um, that they're acting in that way because of our love. The mm-hmm. our love is so safe mm. that they feel like they don't have to nurture me at that moment. They yeah. can just let it all hang out, right? That's good. That, that's good. That's <laughs> and good. so yeah. I can be really defensive and why are they treating this away and go into the victim thing mm-hmm. or I can think, wow, how blessed am I Man. that this person is willing to be this raw with me right now? Yeah, that's good. You know? <laughs> that, that's really good. And so Perspective. It's, yeah. it's like being grateful that we're having open communication. It yeah. might be uncomfortable. It might not be great, but uh-huh. being grateful for that. So I think that's the first thing. We don't want to be yeah. defensive. The, the other thing is I think, you know, um, sometimes in, in my relationships uh, with my, my wife and children, we have to have value talks. Um, so again, I'll come at it from a, a father, husband, type A, goal-driven kind of person. Um, you know, there is no one that's going to outwork me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, if I have to work from seven in the morning till we close that last group at nine thirty at night. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in and right. nobody's gonna, you know. Um, <laughs> I always say, you know, no nobody's gonna do more assessments than me, go to more meetings than me, you know, and some of that's oh, my athletic that, background. That sounds where, like me a lot too. Yeah, oh, yeah, like nobody's gonna do more than me. Mm-hmm. Like you can say I'm not the brightest or I'm not the best, but nobody's gonna say I'm not the hardest worker. Man, you know that, that, <laughs> you're talking to some men right now. Yeah, so that's yeah, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Mm-hmm. God, Thank God for that drive that I have, um, and and we probably need more of that in our culture. Right, at um, times, right. But there is a payment to pay mm-hmm. that when when I'm that driven in one area of my life, then I'm sacrificing other areas. The other thing that we tend to do with people that we love the most is sacrifice them. 
Mm, man, you're right. Because they're committed to us. And so it's yeah. not that they're expendable, but they'll get it because it's their job to support me, quote right. unquote, is the belief. And um, in all actuality, that's really not how we should view it. How we should view it is having more balance in our life. So there was a time as a recovering workaholic, I could say this, right? Um, <laughs> there was a time to where I would work sun up to sundown and here my wife was, you know, at home yeah. and then with three children yeah. and um, she really just wanted her husband at home at dinner, yeah. Yeah. you know? Um, and so I would come home at eight or nine and be like, you know, I've been with these kids all day. I, yeah. I need you to come home. And I'm like, my perspective was, what do you mean? Like, I'm out working hard. This is for right. the family. Yeah. This isn't for me. This is for us, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so there were times where we had to sit down and say, I had to say, my value is that I want to be a good provider for this family. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing your value is you want me to spend time and help with this family. Right. And those are conflicting values. That's right. And so are you on board with changing our lifestyle mm -hmm. so that I don't have to work two jobs or so that I may not get that promotion in the next two years mm -hmm. um, so that I can be more present? Or are you willing to sacrificing me being a little more present and we work at maximizing things so yeah. maybe these other things can happen for us? And I can say that in, in my experience, there were times where, you know, um, mm. Susan would say, well, it's really important. We have electricity and food, so you work two jobs and I'm going to kind of work on my attitude. But when, when it's Saturday and Sunday and you don't have to work, like, let's be present. Yeah, right. That's good. And then there were times in my life where I had to say, you know what, honestly, I'm making enough. Mm -hmm. our needs are met um my retirement may not be fully funded but that's mm -hmm. okay yeah 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 <laughs> and what's real important for me to do is to be present mm -hmm. um last week we moved two kids into school that's right yes. and and you know that's a rough thing it is um especially when you do it the first time yeah um but i'm finding even doing it the third time was difficult right yeah. and so you know I could have, so on Thursday, we moved McKinsey. So I took the day off, mm -hmm. chose to do that, um, helped her move, you know, chose to do that. Yep. And I also chose to not be on my phone, yep. not be looking at emails, mm -hmm. and to, um, on the way home, not be preoccupied with all the things I got to do tomorrow because yep. I'm married to a mother who's, launching her children and she needs me to be present yeah. she needs me to feel those emotions yep. she needs me to talk about how i'm struggling mm -hmm. and we just need to be together yeah and so that value of well i got i got stuff to do had to be given up for the value of being there right and so it's important in our relationships that we're having these when we have conflicts that we're talking about value conflicts yes. not not what it is, what it is, isn't what it is, right? Right. But it's a value conflict. And once we can get into what your value is versus what my value is, we can begin to talk about 
either how I can adapt more of your value and honor that more mm-hmm. or how maybe I need you to honor my value more Man, at this moment. Yes. But you decide that as a group, as a couple, mm-hmm. not independently. Yes. You know? That, that is so true. I think the value conflict discussions, and I think that's where a lot of marriages break down is because they never really had openness in their discussions and, right. and understanding, you know, what they expect, you know, right. expectations. That's you know, huge. It's a tough thing to, that's huge. Uh, to get over if you haven't had that conversation. Well, let's do this. Let's go into, because I know that you're a, um, uh, you, you're starting, you've launched this year uh, through our uh, church, the uh, a program called Recovery Church and a recovery yeah, program. I love it. And uh, if you could just speak to that just a little bit, and then I have sure. a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. Okay. So, yeah. Th- so, um, you know, uh, I, I switched gears about three years ago and uh, started attending our church currently. Yep. Uh, and it's been right at about three years. I think it was August or so when we, we joined up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, being a background in ministry and being a person who's really not a great, like, pew sitter, mm-hmm. um, you know. That's a good um, good thing. Right? <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, I, was, I was like, man, what do I got to do? So as I prayed, you know, the Lord always leads me back to, you know, hurting people. Um, and, and so uh, as I began to to think through a concept of how can the church be supportive to people with issues, Mm -hmm. mental health issues, addiction issues, whatever, Um, grief, trauma, how can we? Mm -hmm. Um, I began to think about how dangerous and how difficult church is for some of those folks. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we never want to minimize church trauma. That's true. Um, I I won't disclose too much, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we the first night we had support group for some reason uh, people were talking about their church trauma for whatever reason that's just what happened yeah and so it was uh, I don't like church people I don't like church people I, everybody talked about <laughs> it and then we got to this pastor and he goes I don't like church people either. <laughs> 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 and so, you know, everybody had their definition of what a church person was. Yeah. But um, so we came up with this concept of recovery church. And recovery church is a safe place for people to come and to get support mm-hmm. to overcome um, their uh, issues and be in a process of recovery, which is what I think God calls us all to do. Right. And um, give them a safe spot to explore their relationship with God in, yeah. a, in a way that's non-threatening. Yeah. And so um, we've been running a support group, um, and uh, every fourth Sunday at 530, we've been having a dinner, a time yeah. of worship and some inspiration, and mm-hmm. um, every one of our speakers has just been awesome. I mean, yeah. um, I always know that I, I better pack a lunch the next day because my Facebook messenger is blowing up with people who are like, man, that speaker really spoke to me or whatever. Um, And so it's been a a great thing. Um, Planning to kind of develop people into mentoring others. So it's a way maybe of drawing the the church as a whole into this ministry um, and and even make those connections more. I I like that idea. I really do. And and I think there's a lot of people that are wanting to be connected a little bit more. Speak to people maybe that, um, what maybe needs or or, or I guess uh, how you can connect people into maybe helping with it. Or maybe if, if they feel as though, you know, is this some sort of, 
thing where I, I, you know, I just don't, I still don't feel comfortable kind of share with people and how it could be a safe place for them if maybe they need it. Yeah. Um, and then also maybe if, if somebody that's listening was like, man, I really want to be connected with this type of a ministry as well yeah. and how they could help. Yeah. So um, I'll say that, you know, I've got work to do in, in being more intentional of bringing folks in who could contribute to the lives of the folks who are coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, everybody needs their support system and group. Right. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that. So um, one of the ways that I think that we can engage is to show up, be present, mm-hmm. listen, and connect. Yep. And so it ties right in. And so mm-hmm. I think um, people who want to get engaged in that, um, that's that's the trick is to show up, show you up. know. Yeah. And um, so, you know, sometimes people show up to support group and people, I mean, they just vomit their stuff, which is what it's all about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so to a person who's just like, well, I want to be helpful, yeah. it may kind of like knock them off their feet. But, you know, how what you do is you have to keep showing up. Yes. Because, you know, when I came to Christ Temple, mm-hmm. you knew who I was right? Uh, vaguely. Mm-hmm. I knew who you were vaguely. Right. And immediately we had some things in common. Right. And my assessment is we're both reasonably healthy people. Right. And so we connected very quickly and made a connection and became friends mm-hmm. and had talks and right. you know all that. Well, when you're full of trauma and you're full of shame, mm-hmm. it takes a while for you to really feel comfortable with somebody. Yeah. So that really requires us to sh- those of us who have the capacity to help others through things yeah. to show up and develop a relationship before mm-hmm. we can really mentor them. That's good. Um so and and then I'm always looking for people with inspirational stories of recovery uh, yes. to to talk and and to give to that. That's awesome. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I think just showing up and having that consistent pattern of being there, and then once you start getting comfortable, you can start to um, be ministered to, and then also help minister to others. I think that's a, yeah. that's an important thing. Um, man, John, I really appreciate you being here. Um, I'm going to leave you with you guys with one more question, and then we'll we'll finally wrap it up. But if you were to, um, and maybe you know, one paragraph or so, just uh, explain to anybody that's listening what you would want to be known for. You know, what's one thing that if if uh, somebody left uh, knowing you for the first time, they were just introduced to you, and maybe they'll never see you again. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the one thing that maybe you'd want them to to know yeah. about you? And boy, does the answer to that question change as we go through life. Which it should, um, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think at one point in life, I'd want them to know I was a great this or I was really smart at that. But I'm really at this place to where, you know, people don't remember much of what you say, but they do remember how you made them feel. That's good. And um, when when I'm with people, um, I'm not always great at it, but I want to be known as a person that was that was safe. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that could be with them uh, and that had an authentic desire to help and support them in any way I could and had that capacity. Um, and, and that's what I want to be known for, a safe refuge. I think that's a great, a great conclusion to uh, really what we our conversation today. Yeah. And man, I, I really appreciate it. I think uh, li- learning to listen, folks. So if, if you are struggling with that, if you're, you've got the kind of a self-centered attitude like many of us do, and you're preoccupied with so many different things, um, it's important to step back and, and really implement some of the tactical things that, uh, that John talked about. 
And um, I agree. I think that if, if I were wanting to be one of the things I certainly would put on my list of what I want to be known for is, is um, you know, how did I make people feel? Do I have a genuine desire to serve people? And I think uh, obviously you do, and uh, you're making a great impact on people and you're just a, a great you. resource to uh, just so many people that know you. And uh, I've, I just, I appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate uh, your feedback to all the people here. Folks, if um, you want to connect with Recovery Church or connect with um, John, uh, we can certainly put some of his contact information um, on this post. And um, I guess what would be the best way if somebody does want to connect with you or maybe help serve, is there any way for them to connect with you at all? Yeah, we could I'll just give you that information okay. and we can put it on the post. That's that fair? Yeah, that sounds right. good. All right, guys. So if, if you, if this is the first time listening to the Purpose and Performance Podcast, go ahead and share, subscribe, and rate our show. Hopefully this, you found some value out of it. And until next time, this is Jonathan McKinnis with the Purpose and Performance Podcast. Thanks again, John. Thank you, Jonathan. You have a good one. You guys take care. Thank you.